Podcast, episode 160. It is me, your host, Evan, here with the infamous Gabe Montalvo and our newest addition, Amani, a.k.a. Red Pilled iCarly. Guys, before we get into it, just a reminder to visit our website at EmpireStateConserveNetwork.com for links to all of our articles, shows, merch, all of the proceeds of which go back into spreading the message and fighting leftist oppression in New York, which we desperately, desperately need to do because I'm getting sick and tired of these goddamn Damn. taxes. All right. So last night was the vice presidential debate. Oh my God. It was, there was so, there's so much to talk about besides the fact that it was possibly the exact opposite in terms of tone and civility from the presidential debate. Um, it seems the Democrats have one strategy when it comes to debate, which is to lie and to deflect and not really answer the question that they're being asked. So uh, we started with, with fracking. So fracking is the big thing that people in Pennsylvania are worried about, which is a swing state. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris both, on many occasions, probably about as many times as Donald Trump has condemned white supremacy, so a lot, um, have said that they would ban fossil fuels and ban fracking. And then yesterday, Kamala Harris said, no, we're not going to ban fracking. We never said that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's this kind of like, backdoor thing where they're just like, oh, we're going to say it on the campaign trail and then we're on national TV. It's like, nah, nah, we're not going to do that. But, you know, it's the same thing they do. Like, Gabe, we were talking about before the show, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are both, you know, practicing Catholics, yet they're both for late-term abortion. It's just the leftist hypocrisy is non-ending, Gabe. Um, I'm going to let you take this because you seemed very interested in bringing this up. You know, I'm actually going to let Amani go first before Mark Ruffalo says that I am uh, either a white supremacist or mansplaining. So before, you know, any of the Twitterverse gets on this, Amani, please go ahead. I'll humbly wait after you. Well, Madam. I mean, she was just, uh, well, honestly, first of all, Mike Pence is a secret weapon. Like, that's why we never hear him talk. He is the Trump agenda personified. He's everything that we try to tell people like, no, 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 this is what they're doing but he did absolutely amazing. And this man is the most mild-mannered politician I think I've ever seen. And he wrecked Kamala with such class. If only our guy went in there and did that, that would have been, it would have been a little bit better, but he definitely balances Trump out very well. Um, somebody said, good cop, bad cop. And I, I, I think I like it, I like it. Um, uh, with, with the fracking. The hypocrisy is obviously never ending. I mean, we can pull up clips of them saying it countless times, but she actually, you know, this time just said, no, um, we just said we were going to uh, stop certain, certain portions of it. But if you look at their Green New Deal, they're obviously going to try to phase it out. So it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're going to start off small. The point is that you are going to affect the economy this way. You eventually want to get rid of natural gas. And I know they said it's not the, the Green New Deal, it's the Biden plan, but they're obviously using it as a framework. So I, I think that they think we're stupid. But anyways, they definitely um, think we're they stupid. Want to get rid of natural gas. And I, I just I want to talk about taxes so bad. But if you guys want to interject with the fracking, because we know they're full of it, they're full, they're full of it. And they're and they're not even on the campaign trail. They weren't even like, oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna try to just save the planet. We're gonna do a little bit. We're gonna try other other um, alternate forms of energy. It's like, no, 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 they both said ban. And if they're this extreme, if they're this extreme in changing their opinion and where they lean every five seconds, they have a new opinion, then why are we giving them the nuclear codes? 
They literally said Joe Biden. I, I literally watched the video. It's on our Facebook page. Empire State Conservatives on Facebook. Joe Biden goes up to a girl on the campaign trail and he goes, and she's like, are you going to ban fracking or, and, you know, eliminate fossil fuels? And he goes, absolutely. Yeah. Like you can't take anything these people say at face value because they're constantly lying. It's the same thing when they were like, oh, we're going to do so, Obama's going to do so much for the black community. We're going to do all these things. He did nothing. They increased, well, he did. They increased he put, welfare benefits. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. the opposite of helping. That's literally the opposite of helping. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And now I guess I can humbly, uh, after now that Amani's done speaking, unless she's going to say I'm still talking, as Kamala did. And look Gabe, at me I'm going to use faces. my white supremacy and interrupt you. No, I'm kidding. Gabe, go. I know she's banned <laughs> interrupting her first. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the debates were, were certainly um, something to be seen. I think that it was very well and easy to understand for a lot of people. Uh, I know for a fact that Pence was talking to moderate voters while Kamala was just using talking points and using fast quips. Uh, she was speaking to her base, which is dwindling. Uh, we're seeing time and time again that uh, in these typically liberal-leaning polls taken by liberal news outlets, I'm talking specifically in Hispanic media, we're finding that Again, the Trump administration is coming out ahead. Uh, not only uh, is that something that we should be very excited about, but what's, what's also interesting is the fact that uh, when it comes to the lies, how Harris says that she is a practicing in her faith. She's practicing her faith. What that faith is, she never really goes into. She, but it she knows that communism. It really must be communism or prostitution because those are the only two things I've ever seen her practice. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about backdooring before, but, you know, I, I didn't want to interrupt. I thought, I thought she was front. Wait, it's not the front door. It, what, what, is, what is it about? It's the Monica Lewinsky method. All right. That's a good theory. <laughs> there we go. Very Freudian. She's, so. she's a Lewinskyan. There we go. We figured it yeah. out. She's a practicing Lewinskyan. Oh, God. So um, what we find is... And yeah, banned. And banned. Heels up, Harris. I love it. So what we find is that a practicing Catholic that is very much for abortion that wants to make it the law of the land. Now, people got upset with me when I tweeted this out saying that, uh, how do Catholics feel? I even tweeted the Pope, but he has yet to get back to me. Uh, so I said, well, how, does a, how does the Pope feel about uh, Joe Biden uh, and his wanting to make this the law of the land? And people said, well, it is already dummy. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's a Supreme Court decision. There's no law that says you have to or you are able to uh, go for it. It's just a law that can be overturned. That's why so many people are fighting for it. That's why the Democrats want to pack the courts uh, in certain situations. Another so, question they refuse to answer. They refuse right, exactly. to answer that question. Just say and no. Was, if the answer right, is no, just say no. The answer is clearly yes. Every time mm -hmm. you ask that question, oh, we're not going to answer that. So the answer is yes. Yeah. The answer is right. yes. And it was great that Pence called her out on it several times. And he called her and just like, you know, keep going for that kill. But the, one of the biggest things that I wanted to highlight here was the fact that Joe Biden or Harris was speaking on behalf of their, their uh, potential administration saying that they care about the troops while um, Biden, uh, sorry, while um, Trump didn't. Yet nobody really brought up the fact that it was under the Obama administration, which Biden was a part of, serving as vice president at the time, that we had the Benghazi disaster, where we left soldiers and troops behind in Benghazi. It was under that leadership. That, leader, that administration is the reason why people died that day, where it could have been prevented. Trump, on the other hand, prevents a, a similar situation from happening in the Middle East. 
I think, what, a year or two ago? So we're finding that Trump is keeping his promises not only on that front, but these are the same people from the same wing of politics that are upset that Trump gave the military a 2% pay raise and expanded the budget. They're saying, oh, the military budget's too big. Yeah, well, in that budget, there was a pay raise for the service members that don't actually go, they don't actually get paid based on how many hours they work. It's, a, it's basically salary. And they depending get paid on your garbage rent, when you first enlist. Like the, the, the base salary for the army is like pure garbage. Isn't it something like 20000 or something like that? Yeah, uh, it's, it's around that. And, and depending until you hit uh, E4 on, enli- on the enlisted side, uh, you know, I, I think your two weeks will start to start. You might get around uh, you know, 1500 1600 It's all uh, verifiable, but it's not but anything the same, that... These are the same people that when it's... Trump shut down the government were like, oh, but none of the soldiers are getting paid. But when you need to expand the budget to have pay increases for them, you want to hate on Trump. Right. And it's really not something where administration or potential administration that is there particularly to be against everything that they stood for. Even there was a, even a Chinese memo that was sent out saying that Biden was their pick. Biden would be, in fact, uh, their pick uh, in foreign uh, relations. That would be the president for them. Not Didn't Russia just Trump. do the same thing? I just saw something. I didn't verify it yet because I was passing by. I think Russia released something very similar. They'd much rather that, work with the Democrat Party, which they right, worked no, very closely with for eight years under Obama. Hillary Clinton right. worked for Obama. was very close with Putin. Now, speaking of China, I'm not, I haven't verified this either, but it appears that when China aired the debates, every time Pence spoke about China, they cut him off so that people couldn't see what he said about China. But every time Kamala spoke, they let her speak. So that should really let you know who we should be afraid to take office if they're going to like what Kamala has to say about China after everything that they've done to us. But we saw, we saw this with Russia. So the second Trump took office, the left was just like, oh my God, he's going to be friends with Putin, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be terrible. You can't be friends with Russia. Meanwhile, there are countless photos online and they were released throughout the Obama administration of Hillary Clinton with Putin laughing and hanging out and like doing deals and all this stuff. This is not hidden. But the second that we try to do it, you know, the, the second the Republicans try to do it, it's the worst thing in the world. But the Democrats do it, it's diplomacy. It's a joke. There's a double standard in politics, and the Democrats are the ones enforcing it. That's what they do. They've not answered one question. They refuse to condemn Antifa. They refuse to condemn violence by BLM. But Trump can, mm-hmm. can denounce white supremacy for years, but the fact mm-hmm. that they don't give him a clear – they really didn't give him a clear question on it when in his debate. He said, name a group. I'll denounce them. And they never named a group. And they went to Proud Boys. He's like, first of all, the Proud Boys are not a white supremacy group. And he told them to stand down. I mean, it's, it wasn't the best response. But if you would have said a KKK, you'd be like, of course the KKK. I've denounced them already and just labeled them a terrorist group. Name another white supremacist group. I guarantee he'll denounce them. He's done it so many times. But they refuse to denounce violence on their behalf. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. People at this point are just looking for a dragon to slay around every single corner. They're hoping and waiting for some guy in a hood to jump out at them and, and you know, so, just so they can be... Uh, what, smitten? Is that is that the proper term? That's in love. Smote? Oh, smote. All right, so, so they can just destroy. It's like, the... like when God like smites somebody. It's like yes, what's the yes? Yeah, smote. Yeah. smote. Smite. Smote. Smite. So I don't can... even know. 
Anyways. If anyone knows it, please leave the answer in the comments. We This is, like, very important. It's like the plural to moose. So, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we find that people are just looking for the KKK to be around the corner, to, you know, to jump out, and there could be a huge, uh, you know, uproar. Like, look at Trump's America. Look at how ugly this is. Look at how much division there is and i'm just sitting here like uh, especially if you're living in new york i mean what real racism have you experienced from uh these types of um you know horrible cops that are hunting minorities down in the streets so what like sort of division? people in the kkk now it's like it's a complete joke they've been almost completely desperate they've been very desperate really? i thought there were 10 i've been going around saying 10 no, we've been doing a good job you see this is I think there's something like less than 10,000 official white supremacists in America. The whole thing's a joke. It's all based off of bullshit. It's designed mm -hmm. to rally their side and to make them seem super virtuous that they're fighting white supremacy. When in reality, the biggest issue we have are, are drugs and illegal guns on the street. Not, not law-abiding citizens' guns. It's illegal guns used by gangbangers to shoot each other up and then regular citizens get caught in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'd even go to say that it's, um, there needs to be a cultural change. Uh, if one culture is coming here or immigrating to the country and is buying up franchises, buying up a bodega, and then saving money, sending money back to the family, uh, their country of origin, coming here and employing their family members and taking part of the business, uh, obviously they're going to be in a better socioeconomic position. Whereas you see families that are coming from Hispanic and South America uh, traveling through Mexico and where all of their money is going are going to cartel members and coyotes. Uh, and so you're starting off with, you know, nothing where you, where you're coming from a place where you barely had anything to try and seek fortune. Uh, and sadly, that's just uh, the reality of uh, what we're seeing here. Uh, but if we look at uh, the urban makeup of, you know, New York, uh, or even just any urban cities across the United States, uh, we find that there is a huge issue in minority communities where it comes to illiteracy, when it comes to um, the, the ability to uh, think critically, uh, logically solve uh, mathematical equations, uh, even speak a proper English. I mean, I know that that was a horrible example, which we just gave about, you know, smite, smote, and uh, Mises. But at the same time, it's a herd of I Mises. think... Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think that we exactly uh, are, you know, on the lowest of the totem pole when it comes to our, um, our cognitive reasoning. And when you have those sorts of standards, whether we might not agree with all of them and how schooling and testing is done or are done, uh, we find that something needs to change. It's not a system that is inherently racist. It is something that's happening at the home. We cannot, I, as much as I don't... Uh, and as much as I'm not for necessarily the public school system, we have to see that in some way or another, the teacher isn't necessarily 100% at fault all the time. There needs to be learning that's done at home. There needs to, you should be learning more from your family uh, with the reinforcement from your teachers, but that's not happening. And there's something that needs to be addressed there. And um, sorry, it needs to be addressed with the issues uh, of higher incarceration rates. I, as a person of color, have never been stopped by the police. I've never, been, I've never had an issue with the police. Any time that I might have needed their services, 
uh, or, or, you know, approach one to ask them a question about something, they've never treated me as the other. They never treated me as a second class citizen. Uh, there's a lot more where I, where I could, I want to get off into that, but I feel like I'm going on a tangent here. So, you know, take the floor from me, please. But Gabe, you talk about culture and the biggest thing that people don't understand. So the left wants to make everyone equal right now. And that's not mm -hmm. possible. Because the way that your culture works, the way that you move up in society economically and socioeconomically and in, in within classes is generationally. So a lot of like my grandfather came here from Germany. He went, he was in the military. He got a job. My grandmother worked. They raised their kids. My grandfather didn't even finish high school. My mom hmm. finished high school, went to nursing school. Me, my brother, both graduated, have both graduates of college. I'm in grad school. My brother has been a teacher for like 10 years already. That's how it works. It's generationally. And we invest wisely. My grandfather saved every penny. We invested, my mother, my stepfather invested all their money so that we, so we could build up wealth. The problem is when you have people who are saying it's not your fault that you're poor, just live on the government dime, you have no chance to move up in society because you're not building generationally. You're staying stagnant generationally. If you're always on welfare, you're never moving up. So my grandfather didn't finish high school, right? Saved all his money, worked his entire life, moved up to the middle, moved into like the lower middle class. Mom got a job. My stepdad, they both worked middle class. The key is to keep moving up. You invest wisely, you save your money, you do smart things with your money. And you see it with, mm -hmm. with Asian Americans. They come here, they buy a business. What's the mo what's the stereotype about Asian Americans, right? They want all the want their kids to be doctors. Why? Because that's how you move up in the next step. I own a dry cleaner. I own a convenience store. So you can go to medical school and move our family up into the next stratosphere. But there are communities in this country who are not doing that. I'm not going to say it because they'll cut the clip and then I'll be labeled as a white supremacist. It's going to happen. But they're staying on welfare for generations. When you stay on welfare, you don't move. And when you constantly tell people it's not your fault, it's white supremacy, it's institutional racism, so stay on welfare, they stay on welfare and they stay at the same level instead of doing the things that make, make you successful over generations. And it makes them jealous of other people. And then they use this social justice bullshit to create class warfare. And that's where we're at now. Right. And I think uh, what we're getting into on the topic of wealth here was also uh, brought on uh, you know, into the debate floor uh, yesterday. And I think that came also uh, mostly in the form of taxes. So Amani, I think you had some uh, interesting points on that. Yeah, I mean, they keep evading the question of are taxes going to be raised? I mean, we obviously know that in order to pay for their outrageous, you know, program, so taxes are going to have to go up significantly for everyone across the board. It's not just going to be the rich. Um, which is they want us to think it's going to be the rich, right? So that we're just, you know, voting for these things. And then when we get slammed, there's nothing, we can't do anything about it. Um, and again, she, she evaded the question. She said, no, taxes aren't going to go up. But if you think about it, if you repeal the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, you're going to repeal the, the money that we were able to keep in our pockets, all levels, you know, all tax brackets, we're going to have to pay that back to the government. So what is that called? That's called raising your taxes. Never mind all of the things we're going, all the free things we're going to have to pay for, right? Like the $92 trillion Green New Deal, excuse me, Biden plan. Um, so so that, that got me so mad because they keep talking about how Trump just wants to make his cronies even richer and completely ignores the fact that 
everyone in America that was working, obviously, I mean, I'm sure that if you don't have a job, you don't pretty much care about the tax conversation, but everyone that was working benefited from these tax cuts. Um, in 2019, before the coronavirus hit, we hit a five-year, uh, a record high for the, what is it called? It's um, income inequality, right? We were sh actually shrinking the gap at a historical pace. We mm -hmm. reached a five-year high for the median income. Okay, most families were saving about $4,400 a year. Now that's obviously something, right? Now, if you're going to repeal that, that means we're gonna have to give that money back. That is your taxes going up. Also, if you, you know, you have these SJW saying, oh, we have all this income inequality. It's like, okay, well, in 2019, the, the biggest group that from these tax cuts were minority groups. So why would you get mad at the guy that's helping us buy homes, right? Helping us get out of welfare, right? 6.6 .6 million people rose out of poverty in 2019. So that says something. Now, Van Jones, do you guys know who Van Jones is? Uh, he, he talks a lot of smack, but he said, this economy is too good. I want something to happen to this economy because if not, Trump is going to be reelected. So what you're saying is you didn't like that we were prospering, right? You didn't like that your own people, you call your own people, right? Black people were prospering. So you want something to happen to this, to this um, economy so that you can say you were right, so that you can get orange man out of office. And that's why I don't believe the COVID was entirely just a coincidence, okay? Because we destroyed the most prosperous economy we've ever had. Yeah, I and mean, it really, that's it, it, there, there's two layers to that. And the first one is that the left is either ignoring how capitalism works or how economics works, or they don't understand it. Because the reason why we were shrinking the pay, the, the wage gap was because we were getting people off of welfare. The income inequality was going down because people were coming off of welfare because they were employed. But they don't like that. Then that's the other level. They, the, the Democrats are a big government party. Where they, they need their voter base to be dependent on the government. Why? Because people who are not dependent on the government don't like paying more taxes. People who work their ass off for their paycheck, even Democrats, people who vote Democrat, they'll never admit it, but they know it. They don't want to pay taxes either because that's your money going to the government for stuff you're never going to see. So it's twofold. It's, they ignore economics and they, and they also don't understand how wealth, how wealth is created. They think that it's this box that has only $10 in it and that $9 are in one guy's hand and that one mm -hmm. $1 is for everybody else. That's not the way it works. If I make billions of dollars, I can now invest in other businesses to make more money for myself and for other people. It takes money to make money, right? If you tax the billionaires out of that billionaire class, they are not going to invest their money in other businesses. They're not going to start other businesses. They're going to take their money and they're going to hide it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that is the natural human instinct. And these people have more connections than you and I can ever dream of. You will, mm. you will destroy the economy. You will destroy almost all business and you will wreck this country and we will be screwed for generations to come. It, it, mm -hmm. they, they really don't understand how it works. They think money... Mm -hmm. Is just this number on a computer that they can just punch more numbers in. It's not the way it works. It's an actual thing. You can't just print more money. That's how that's how Germany got in trouble before World War II. The money goes down. The moment you print, the value of the money goes down. They just they don't understand any of this or they don't care. And they're both scary because if they don't understand it, 
These are people in government don't understand how economics work or they don't care, which is also really bad because these people could possibly, even if President Trump's reelected four years from now, could have a Democrat in the White House. It's very possible. We've been going back and forth every eight years for a while now. So it's, it's, we need to keep these people in check. We need to be voting. We need to keep the Senate. We need to get the House back. And we need to go mm-hmm. on a run for at least another 10 to 12 years of just dominating this government because the Democrats aren't giving up on this anytime soon. We need to wait till they retire. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I don't wish death on anyone, but if we wait another 10, 15 years, Joe Biden will be have died out and Bernie Sanders will have died out. You know, they're not make, I seriously doubt they're making it past 100. <laughs> right. I mean, on the topic of income inequality, uh, I find that it's very interesting that people can try and approach it from different ways. The biggest or most common way that I find that people do this is by uh, comparing the general wealth that uh, people make annually. Uh, that's all combined uh, versus the average uh, medium incomes uh, of that of Asian Americans or white Americans. So in other words, it's segregated by, by race uh, in order to say, well, you see, you see so many people of a specific, uh, you know, color are not making as much money as these other people. So we need to try and find a way to lift them up. But, it's not necessarily through job training. They're not, these people aren't going back and actually training people how to get jobs. Uh, it's just more of the same of just saying, well, if we can get you to this specific uh, margin that you'll be getting every week or biweekly, if you stay on welfare. But as we said, it doesn't really add up to anything at the end of the day. It doesn't really provide you any benefits aside from saying, I have my money right now. Uh, so with that being said, I recently saw something uh, in my class that I was taking uh, and the group that presented uh, a topic said that they were on the side that CEOs get paid too much, they get paid too much. And, you know, we need to help uh, fix this. And, you know, uh, it's bad that they're getting so much money in bailouts uh, and, and bonuses, even though at times the company is not profitable. Now, I am not a fan of corporate bailouts, and I don't necessarily think that uh, giving CEOs that many bonuses, I, I don't really much care for it. Then again, it's not my lifestyle. I'm not necessarily going to judge aside from actual corporate bailouts. Now, they, they brought up a, a graph showing how the, how the income has risen from these CEOs, from these uh, people on the board and whatnot. And what was interesting while they were debating this, it showed the, a direct correlation that whenever the CEOs took a, had a dip in the amount they were paid annually, the same thing happened with their workers. Workers were also paid less. I was like, wait a second, your entire argument could be destroyed right there in saying that we need to lessen uh, the amount that CEOs make. We need to uh, you know, be harder on the corporation. We need to tax them more. We need to stifle that progress. You're in, if your entire argument is on the basis that we need to try and stifle progress. Argument. That it right. doesn't make any sense. Well, they also brought up the fact that Katie Porter was a champion for social justice, Representative Katie Porter, uh, because she brings out her whiteboard and says, well, do you know that here, 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 and she does some multiplication about how much money she could be, they could be giving to the workers. Uh, and I said, well, that's interesting. So I looked up Katie Porter's um, campaign uh, donations on the, F, uh, the FEC, and I found that she had raised approximately $8 million. This is a Democrat who believes in sharing the wealth for other people. And she's only spent about uh, 1 million, approximately 1 million. Uh, and that was last filed on June uh, 30th of 2020. So why is she not paying more people to just work on her team? Why is she not 
just amassing this great army of you know socially conscious people rising the poor brown people uh you know from their not from the graves but from their uh project <laughs> homes of the project. projects and telling them yeah basically the tombstones you know uh, and telling them to work work with us work for us and no she's not doing that because I don't know where the seven million is. Rules for thee and not for me. We saw the same thing with Beto, right? Beto was all about socialism, right? And doing kick flips and redistributing wealth, man. It's super cool. And then the Texas Democrats asked him after he dropped out to help out the other candidates. He was like, nope. Peace. <laughs> like the same thing with like LeBron James, right? Oh yeah, we need uh, we need to fix the wage gap. Okay, so donate 99% of your salary. You can live off a million dollars a year easily. So donate most of your money to other people. Just give it away. Won't do it. They'll never do it because it's rules for thee and not for me. It's classic elitism. That's how they operate. It's all about soul virtue signaling. It's the same thing we said last time. They don't want to get to that point where everyone's equal. They just want everyone to think that's what they want because it makes them look like a good person. And that's how they keep you hooked. You keep expanding or at least increasing the length of where the finish line is. Uh, and it was kind of funny because, um, you know, watching Cat Williams uh, recently, uh, he said that he needed to change his look to look like a, um, to look like a part of the NAACP, like a, um, what was that oh, called? Like a black actor, uh, like a criminal rights leader. So <laughs> it was, it was like, it was kind of funny because I was like, yeah, what is he fighting? He's like, he was like, I don't know what the hell I'm fighting for, but you know, I, I just looked the part. I'm like, what the hell are we doing here right now? What, what is, what real change has the NAACP uh, done excuse me, recently. And I want to really also highlight something uh, where we, this is how we know that Pence for sure won the debate. That so many people focused on that damn fly that Magnifying. landed on Marcus Aurelius, that landed on Marcus Aurelius's head. How much hairspray like does he use that he didn't notice it was a fly on his head? I don't know. It seemed like it was stuck there for a little bit. But so many people were fixing on that gosh darn fly so many people were fixated that Kamala said, I'm talking, even though I'm Pence talking. came back with his, <laughs> yeah, with his own, um, with his own, well, you're entitled to your own opinions, but you know, they have to be the right, the right, be the right facts or whatnot. They were so focused on those two things that she won the debate. Yes. She spoke the loudest. That's yes. Really. The person who speaks the loudest obviously wins. But that's I mean, what the they do. That, that's why, that's why you have certain people who yell and clap at the same time when they're arguing with you. And then they think that they won, even though they haven't actually said anything. It's yeah. the same argument with white supremacy, right? Donald Trump is such a racist. You know, he invited a bunch of, of black people to the white house for a young black leadership summit. You know, no. It, it, he, he has funded historically black mm -hmm. colleges. He's setting up this, the, what was it, the $500 billion initiative for minority communities to, to get businesses mm -hmm. in there. Yeah, you know, this guy's such a terrible right. racist. You know, he hates black people, but he's giving so much to the black community. It's at, and, oh, he won't denounce white supremacy. Like we said before, he's denounced white supremacy hundreds of times. Right. It's, just, it's really ridiculous at this point, and they will just lie and lie and lie and lie because they're like, well, no one's going to Google it right now to see if Trump denounced white supremacy. I'm just going to use the thing that was on national TV last week. Right. I mean, Amani, as a fellow person of color uh, who has lived and escaped Dahood, how do you think about Kamala Harris's um, debate style last night? I thought she was acting very... Uh... I don't want to say it, but she was getting really ghetto. Did you, I, I don't know if she knew she was on a split screen 
I don't know. If, I don't know what was going on, but the whole time, and this is how you knew she was losing. Every time you said something that completely shattered her non-arguments because she didn't even provide any facts, um, she would be like, and it's like, come on, you have done this dozens of times. You need to control your, it was completely unprofessional um, for anybody to be doing that. And, and, and another thing I want to touch upon, it's like, okay, all right, ladies, every time you, and I see you out there with your vagina hats on, you're screaming about equality, that you want to be treated just like men, right? And the minute that we're spoken to, like you would speak to anybody, male, female, whatever gender you want to be, right? We get offended. We're like, oh, stop mansplaining. It's like, do we want to be treated equally or do we want special treatment because anytime that pence and, and and pence like i said is the most mild-mannered man this man didn't even raise his voice even though she was trying to get him to to engage in the same aggressive manner that she was engaging he just completely shattered her arguments she would get an attitude deflect wouldn't even answer the question and when it came to packing the court i was really happy that at the end of everything she she said can you please let me finish and then he's like okay sure and she didn't even answer the question because they don't, right? It's like, okay, we're going to let you finish. And it's like silence afterwards. So you're not going to answer the question. So she needs to figure it out. Does she want to be, does she want extra special treatment or does she want to be treated like one of the big boys? We're also going to have to figure this out, ladies. Yeah, well, no, she, no, she wants to be treated special because if she's treated like one of the big boys, she's going to have to actually answer a question that she's mm -hmm. asked. And that's not Kamala Harris's debate style. Kamala Harris's debate style is to pander and to be like, look at me, I'm a black woman. And to just just be completely, just illiterate, at points, just unintelligible. Because at, at some point, you have to actually answer a question. You she do. She sounds drunk. Yeah, it's a debate. You have to answer a question that's asked of you. You can't just automatically change the topic and then bring, and then just go right to white supremacy and racism. And Donald Trump doesn't believe in science. And it's just like it's like it's like a Twitter argument, but it's supposed to be a VP debate. And that's what she's doing. She's like acting like she's on Twitter talking to somebody, but it's a debate. And she will never answer a question because the question that they should have asked her was, "How can you support Joe Biden after you called him a racist and said you believe the women who said that he sexually assaulted them?" That's the question that needs to be asked to Kamala Harris, but they'll never ask it because she won't answer it. Well, I thought it was interesting when we're back to packing the court again because she refused to answer the question when she, when she was giving a supposed answer um, to packing the court instead of saying yes or no, she said, did you know that out of all the, and I don't even know how many, uh, out of, we don't have enough black circuit judges. It's like, it's not, it's not an answer to that. It's not an answer to the question. Yeah. We don't have enough black circuit. And, and honestly, these people don't care about having enough representation, right? Because we have a lot of black conservatives and they treat them like garbage. So that's not what mm -hmm. they're looking for. But Look at how they treat Ben Carson, right? They call him, the man is a literal brain surgeon, separated conjoined twins, and they treat him like absolute garbage, don't even acknowledge that he's in the room. And she just try to deflect saying there was not enough black judges. I found that, did you guys remember that? Yeah, but that's also, it's also ridiculous. The arguments fall apart when you see how they treat black conservatives. But it's also a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous comparison. So they always talk about, I talk about this leftists all the time. They're like, well, there's not enough representation of black people in media. There's not enough representation in 
um, with gay people in media. It has to be proportional to the population, right? You don't have proportional representation in all areas based off of population. It's not a thing where you just walk into a neighborhood and go, okay, we have 10 black people, 30 white people, and five Hispanics. We need to grab the equal amount of each one proportional to the to their population and put them in government and put them in this. You know, there aren't the same there are sixty percent white people in this country. The NBA is not sixty percent white. So now I'm gonna say there's not equal representation in the NBA for white people. That's what they want. That's what their that's what their logic is, and that doesn't work because you don't have the same amount of people from the African American community going into law. You don't have them going into politics. You, they, they're not there. Right. No, it's true. And again, just go change, change the culture. We always, uh, not, not we, but I know that there are many people that like to rag on the Asian American community saying, oh, haha, they're learning the violin while, you know, learning 10 different languages and, you know, five different uh, styles of mathematics. Uh, and you know they're always studying to be the A plus student. Well, I, I, I think it's paying off. <laughs> yeah, they're and, the most successful group in America per capita. Right. When they compare the the average hours spending time doing homework, they spend on average ten more hours than any other racial group doing homework. They That's go time and a half on the weekend as well. We do absolutely have to change the culture. And, and, and speaking of, of the way that Democrats operate, I was reading a book and they were talking about, and this is absolutely true, there, there are two different types of culture in California, right? Like think about Hispanics or, or, or Blacks in California versus the Hispanics in Texas. You've got two totally different groups, even though you might look the same or have the same skin color. And what Democrats do in these states, and, and they've been chipping at, chipping at the redness for a while now, they, they go to these groups and they, you know, they take advantage of the fact that some of them are brand new here. You know, they, they've, they've only been citizens for, for a little bit. Take advantage of them, say, look at all these uh, benefits you're entitled to. They, they end up conning them into it because Hispanics, naturally, we, we don't take handouts. We come here for freedom. That's it. Stay out of my life. I'm going to work. I'm going to take care of my family. You know, I'm going to start my business. We don't come here for handouts. But what they do is that they con them. They, they persuade them. They get it into their head and make them feel guilty for not taking these handouts. And when they do, it's like you're giving them the rope to hang themselves with. And that's what they do. You first got to get the population hooked on welfare, and then you can you control them. You control them because you control the, the purse strings. And it's absolutely sickening. 100%. Then you call them, was it Latinx? And then Gabe gets yelled at for saying it's not a real thing. Yeah. Only <laughs> on Twitter for everything. Yeah. It's right. okay. I'm the token minority. That's true. Technically, on this show now, I'm the token minority. But um, <laughs> I think that's a good spot to end it at. Um, guys, make sure that you visit our website at EmpireStakeConcernNetwork.com. Links all of our shows articles, merch, and all of this stuff. Amani, why don't you tell people, remind people where they can find you online? You can find me on Instagram at redpilledicarly. Gabe's <laughs> 30, 30 handles. Yes. Thank you. You see, she already knows she's taking your job. See what happens Good. when you I, should, I should have to do less. Yeah, less you know, that's what happens when- Less work that I have to do is definitely better. That's what happens when brown people start coming in in mass. You know, we just start taking things away. I took tax job, she's gonna take your job. So yeah. you can't take things away. Everyone takes things from the Jews. It's fine. Oh my God. All right. So you can find me uh, on Twitter, I guess, because that's popping off right now. And 
maybe, you know, come and defend me. Come and yell at some people on my behalf at Baron underscore Montalvo. And you can find me on Instagram uh, at Baron.Montalvo. Some pretty cool stuff there. Uh, and if you're on the pages section of Facebook, you can type in Gabriel E. Montalvo, and I should pop up right there. And if you support the Hispanic Conservative Message and Movement, please check out the Republican National Hispanic Assembly.org. Or if you're in New York, check out Republican National Hispanic Assembly, New York chapter, join the group and Facebook page. We'd love to have you and get involved. Now guys, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Empire State Conservatives, underscore Empire State Conservatives, on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on, make sure you visit our website, like I said before. And with that, we're gonna get out of here. Peanut butter goes in the fridge and don't let fear take your freedom. Oh, <laughs>